3: up wizards fans welcome to another believe in wizards podcast i'm one of your co-hosts matt moderno i've got my uh new co-host jahadi white joining me later today so he'll be tagging in here in a second just a little intro for you and our ad read and all that good stuff before uh we really get going with the show the wizards are coming off a 126 to 101 win against the portland Blazers. got a little revenge they did try to give it up again in the last couple minutes of the game it seemed like the lead dropped from you know 15 down to like seven or eight and Uh, This time they were able to pull through and actually thought Bradley Beal was really clutch in being able to help them do that. So just got a few stats for you here before we get going. Uh, Kyle Kuzma returned after missing four games with an angle sprain. He had a team high 33 points. He was 11 for 20 from the field, 6 of 10 from three and 5 of 6 from the free throw line. Nine rebounds, two assists, one block. Honestly, like probably the perfect Kyle Kuzma game, to be honest with you. Like, I'm not sure he can play a better game than that, but he has topped 30 points, uh, career best eight times this season which is really great. In the 2018-2019 season, he did it seven times over the whole course of the year with the Lakers. He's notched 20 points in 27 of his last 37 games, and his 33 games with 22 points are the most in a single season in his career. Uh, Kuzma has now made at least five three-point field goals in six total games this season, which also ties a career high that he did in 2017-2018. And he's now knocked down four plus three-pointers in 16 games this season. So we talk about shooting. I think the percentage is sort of less important sometimes than we give it credit for because being a threat to hit a bunch of threes and having the gravity of someone who can get red hot and knock down five or six threes that dictates more about how someone guards you. Like I think teams are more more respectful of Kyle Kuzma as a shot maker than they are Corey Kispert, despite him being you know seven percentage points less or, or whatever that is. So just just something to think about. Like. I don't know that the numbers by themselves kind of give you that full context. Teams have to guard you a certain way. And when this dude can go supernova on you at any point and hit six threes in a game, like that's more impactful than somebody making one of their three threes they took in the game. Uh, so, so volume and scalability, I think, is is something that we kind of lose a little bit of sight of sometimes. Uh, Chris Haps also really good in this game, had 28 points. Uh, he was 10 of 15 from the field, 7 of 7 from the free throw line had 12 rebounds, had five assists, which I thought was really awesome. He finds Gafford really well. I don't know if that's like this big man to big man thing where just, you know, where the other big is going to be. But I think that's really impactful. And and another thing that um, he doesn't get enough credit for, he's gone over 20 points uh, in 33 games this season, including 14 of his last 19 games. Porzingis has dished out five plus assists eight times this year, which is awesome. And he's dished out three plus assists in 22 games this season, which is uh, tying his career high uh, for a season from 21, 22. And he's now had at least one block in 38 of the 49 games he's played this year, including one, uh, including in all 10 of his last 11 uh, appearances. DeLon Wright tied a season high with four steals and has now collected multiple steals in 18 games and at least one steal in 24 of his 28 appearances this season. And that's including the last seven straight games. Wright also has 10 games with at least three steals off the bench, which leads the NBA. And Wright uh, also dished out a team best six assists and has now led the team in assists in seven games uh, this year, which is great considering, you know, he's only played 18 total games. So that's really awesome. Uh, Before we get going with the show, just a word from our sponsors. Obviously, Stateside Vodka, the official vodka of the Believe in Wizards podcast, threw down some of their surf sides uh, yesterday, celebrated the nice weather, which was good. And uh, I plan on, you know, Consuming a couple of those, let's just say over the All Star break uh, when we don't have Wizards games every night. And of course, our other sponsor for the show, Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season, everything from NFL playoffs to pro and college basketball, UFC, MMA, and more. You'll find all the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. With live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable, Bet Online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% off welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. Okay, with that, let's get to the first episode of the new Believe in Wizards podcast with new host, Jihadi White. All right, Wizards fans, I'm pleased to be joined by former member of the Washington Wizards, Jahadi White. Jahadi, thanks for joining, man. Uh, welcome to the show. Happy to do this with you.
2: Glad to be here. Glad to be here.
3: Uh, for fans of the show, what what can they expect from the new Believe in Wizards podcast?
2: They can they can expect a lot. They can expect a lot from uh, a lot of inside information about just uh, how how the NBA works from another perspective. A lot of different views of you know perspectives and how I can perceive the game compared to just like the normal you know the normal fan in the crowd. We can have some good dialogue between you and I. And it's just good to uh, somebody who's a part of the Wizards family and can really, you know, have a had a heart in the game, had a heart into this team.
3: I think fans are are kind of clamoring for more representation from the era teams you played on. I mean, there's just not a ton of guys that are still doing Wizards related media from, from the early 2000s and things like that. And I think that's an era of basketball that like people my age, especially like, you know, that's what really got us into the NBA. So I, I'm personally very excited. I have a to howdy White uh basketball card that's signed here by you somewhere in the house so I'm gonna have to bring that on the uh, next episode but uh this should be great and I think I was hoping you know what we uh we can keep going what we've had from our phone calls because I think that kind of conversation um people uh, will really get into because there's so much stuff that fans can't see that you see by watching the game so I'm excited for them to get that uh that kind of insight
2: oh yeah yeah absolutely um yeah we have we've been on the phone for a while I mean with Two hour phone calls. Yeah, you know? basically. <laughs> yeah, so it was like a I think those, those have been some interesting phone calls. I enjoyed them myself.
3: Yeah, it's uh it's a dry run for the podcast. We got the rapport down already, so that's good. Right, right. Uh all right. One thing I think we should probably clear up out of the gate here. Uh the name and spelling uh is jihadi, correct?
2: It is, it is. And uh, but the NBA world and and when I was in college, it was spelled a different way. It was spelled J A H I D I. Mm-hmm. And so, first of all, it drove me crazy because everybody was calling me yeah and I hated that. And, and so, but that's always the correct spelling of my name has always been J-A-H-A-D-I.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I think when I was, you know, uh, younger in middle school, like elementary school, somehow or earlier than that, actually, uh, my mother decided to make me spell it differently. Mm. So I walked around thinking that was spelling my name all the time because my mother told me it was Mm -hmm. so long story short uh when I had my son I wanted him to be a junior named him a junior so I wanted to make sure his name was correct so I went back to my birth certificate and you know the records and everything and it was spelled this way so it's been spelled this the right this this way all along on your official name wrong and (laughs) everybody knows the wrong name so you know but when you have a junior you want to make sure your name and his name is correct name so i wanted his name to be the name that's you know on my birth certificate so it was more now i got to change more than he has to change so i'm i'm just now spelling my name correct way which is actually much easier because it's now spelled like it's pronounced Mm
3: -hmm. yeah no I, i i think um for you, I think that's probably got to be relieving after, after all these years to have, you know, the record. I knew it all
2: along. Uh,
3: Yeah. Very cool. Uh, I I think the other thing fans are going to be interested in is just, what have you been up to post playing? Like what, what fills your time? I know you're doing some coaching. If you could talk about that a little bit for folks.
2: Well, I've been doing coaching all this time since I've been out. Um, uh, been coaching for Nike EYBL. Uh, also coach high school basketball, uh, coach my two sons, uh, well, my three sons are in high school basketball right now. I'm a, but my older son is in New Hampshire playing at a, a prep school up there, and my two sons are here, so I coach along with them. And then, other than that, man, just been running my medical business that I've been running all this time.
3: Uh, that fills the days, but it's cool to get a little media time in here too. Get uh, involved back in uh, the pro game a little bit, and, and get to talk a little with your troops.
2: I'm sure. Well, well, it's good to be flexible. You know, <laughs> it's good to be Absolutely. flexible. So,
3: I love it. Uh all right, well, let's uh, let's get into it a little bit here. The Wizards played last night. They beat Portland 126-101. to 101. Uh, Kuzma was really good. Porzingis was really good. Wasn't Brad's biggest scoring output, but he was clutch when they needed him to be. And he was kind of willing to defer to these other guys, which I, I think is really good. Uh, I guess just where are you on that core of guys? Like, Is that three-person core worth them building around long-term the way they seem to be intent on?
2: Me personally, I think it is. I really think it is. Um, and if it's if it's not, it needs to be, mm-hmm. right? Um, I this season to me is, we really has haven't been able to see that core jail. We have, you know, one guy's out, one guy's mm-hmm. in, you know, somebody's hurt, So it's it's like one one when one is in, the other one takes off, takes a day off. But that could be a good, that's a good big three. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a good top three guys, right? And You know with the wizards how it's been to me is you usually don't get that top three guys those top stars all together at one time there Mm -hmm. you know you have kuzma you got brad you got Pozingas. that's a good three and and you know we had just the history you know even from when i played you know it's a lot of players that came through the wizards you know most players that end up in winning the championship the nba championship they all came,
3: <laughs> started so they all somewhere. somehow
2: was, was a wizard at one point in time so you know i i think it is good for us to have three guys that can be the face of the team and can be leaders and really you know strong nba guys so i mean like just just like last night You know, uh, outside of those three, you know, we really didn't get much help, but we pulled out the game, you know, so that's a good core to build around for me. I like that core to build around.
3: I I like them, especially, you know, in a vacuum when you can, when you can get all three, I guess the one thing I worry about is, you know, Porzingis has been injury prone for a lot of his career. Brad is starting to seem kind of injury prone. He's missed about half the games this season. Uh Kuzma's been relatively durable, but you know, at a certain point, like that—that that scares me as a fan to lock into all three of those guys long term because I, I think you know their record when two of the three are out, it's it's tough for them to win games because you've got so much salary tied into those three guys. I guess.
2: True, true, and but what's the alternative? The alternative is to do what we've been doing, you know, yeah, do the same thing one. we've been doing, yep. and now we don't have a guy. Then we go and. We try to fight it in the end of the okay. day. It's only so few guys out here, sure. you know, and, and we can play you know, trade and switch and let me see what's out here and test the market. And you may not, you finally got these guys. Yep. We haven't seen them work together, right? We haven't seen them work together now. So far, so far it's cohesive unit. Mm-hmm. And we know that we should get, next year we should be getting those three very in 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 healthy shape right if we do it right Mm -hmm. at this moment and and i know the fans want to see good guy those guys as a unit play together and finally have some you know some uh, uh, some good face of the teams that actually that that actually can play right you know that can produce you have with kuzma and brad definitely can produce Mm -hmm. right you got Pozingas, who's a big body, tall, and playing well this year, you know, not, not in his typical, you know, being injured self, you know, mm-hmm. in street clothes all the time. So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Him actually so, on the court makes a big difference. And, and you, then you realize, oh, you know, because with Pozingas, you, you kind of question his his love of the game, his physicalness, his ability to want to play. Mm-hmm. And so, so, which is kind of, which is a breath of fresh air to see him now being able to, to, to produce right at that level and say, okay, now we can bring in some guys around these three, right. And we can build something right right now. The the rest of the core, they, they sometimes add, sometimes don't, but you know, I, I would, I would put that, that money up for those guys. You know, I, I don't, I wouldn't get rid of Brad, definitely wouldn't get rid of Kuzma. Przingis, uh you know, come and go, but I don't think he's going to be going, we have to break the bank for him anyway. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as long as we have some more room to to build around the guys, I think we'd be okay.
3: I, I think that's going to be the challenge. You've got, uh, obviously, Brad's locked up for like 47 a year. Porzingis is uh, eligible. Uh, he can be a free agent. He has a player option. Kuzma is going to be a free agent. It's what do those guys really expect to make? To me, if you can get them both, and keep yourself within enough range to build around like a reasonable group around them. I'm with you. I'm kind of sick of musical chairs every year with the roster. And I think you made a great point. Like there's no guarantee that you're going to go out and get better guys than this. So do you want to like actually take a step back from where they are? And since they've got Brad locked in, this is the path they're going to go down, whether fans want to see it that way or not. So if they're going to do it, I'd rather see them at least do the best they can at it.
2: Right. Right. You're going to have to pay Kuzma, no doubt. Yeah. You're to have to give up that bag of Kuzma. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're going to have to pay him. Um, so now it's just about getting Brad healthy to me, yeah. right? you got to get Brad to the top the, the top level of healthiness, you know, whatever that takes, mm-hmm. you know, so he can perform. Because, you know, he can put up the numbers, right? Um, so, so, yeah, I think right now I think the fans want to have a – a core that they say, all right, we can build around this core. This year been kind of tough. Sure. You know, was, fans, are, I'm sure they're seeing like, right, well, we don't have this guy. We have, we, they don't even know. They don't really know what type of team they have. Mm-hmm. And the, the Wizards really can't jail and figure out what type of team they have because you got to get all the guys on the floor at one time. So I think, okay, if we put that money up, we can get these guys on the floor at one time. That's our goal for, that's our goal for next year.
3: What's what's enough time to know what you've really got with this group? Like if they play the rest of the season out with that three reasonably healthy, is that enough for them to make a determination on like, okay, this definitely works or doesn't work going into free agency? Like because if they play the next 20 games together, let's say.
2: Yeah, you can. But then you have to really figure out what type of what no one's healthy. Sure. At this point of the season, right.
3: yeah, everybody's so, playing through something. Right?
2: Everybody's playing through something. And the only thing that's making you forget about one injury is another injury. Mm-hmm. So, yes and no, you know, everybody's giving what they can give.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, um, I'm talking about where you can be 100% healthy coming sure. in. You know, okay. and, and the older you get in the league and the more you play, um, you know, there's injuries and you're not going to be the same player. But if you can have the summer off to the point where you can get yourself back with, you know, physical therapy and whatever you have to do to nurse yourself back to health and you coming back, then that's really, really when you can see this core of this team and how it, how it performs. It, yes. After all-star break, you could see something. I mean, that's a little time off.
3: Uh, Enough to decide if they want to invest heavily or not, right? Like a good enough inkling of what that group could look like.
2: It can be an idea. Yeah, you can get it. You can you can start at least try to get some ideas from, mm-hmm. it, right? Um, and is it a the last decision making factor? Well, to me, no. But that's up okay. to the team. You know,
3: how important? I guess uh, you mentioned like people are are pretty banged up at this point in the year, and everybody's playing through something. How important is that All Star break and just getting a week off at this
2: point <laughs> in the season? If, if you got, I, I think a lot of guys, even at All-Star, mm-hmm. you know, that want to be an All-Star, playing All-Star game, especially when you got kind of some years under your belt. Sure. You know, when you're about five, six, seven in, you would rather take that break. Yeah. Rest your body. Sure. You know, it's, it's everybody, every player on, from 1 to 15 got something going on. Mm-hmm. You know, that they say, man, I, if I can just rest this and give it time. Right. And that's that what? That's two weeks. You give yourself two weeks and you nurse yourself back, you know. Mm-hmm. So and in and, and the end of the day, it's all about performing and you want to perform. So that all-star break is very important. You know, um, even with the all-star game, that's one day. Sure. So guys play that game and they say, I'm taking this break.
3: You <laughs> At least you don't have to practice a ton going into that. Right. 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 Uh, we just saw Kuzma come back after missing four games with an ankle sprain and he probably played his best game of the year, maybe honestly like the most efficient game he's ever played is even though he's dealing with that ankle injury is sometimes just the four days or the four games off. So like a week and a half off, is that enough to give you like fresher legs coming into
2: a game? Yeah, absolutely. So as a player, we get these things called spaghetti legs, <laughs> Okay. right? It's a point in in and you play enough games where nothing you can do, and your legs just literally feel like noodles. You can't yeah. even feel them; just feel like no bones in them They were wobbly. Yep. So it's and you ever see somebody who just like don't have a lot of lift after a while?
3: That's me and right they now. They take when a little bit of time
2: off and they <laughs> jumping out the gym. Yep. And and people say, oh, he got his legs back under. him. Yep. That's literally what that means. Mm-hmm. He, got a, he had his legs back on him. So to me, those four days off, Kuzma got a chance to get his legs back under. And now you're effective in more, more places on the on the court, even just not even jumping, just your jump shot. Everything is much for – because now you don't have to give twice as much energy yeah. just to get that jump shot off of some over somebody, or that rebound you have to get, right? Because when, when you get your legs back on – so with me, myself, what I would try to do all the time after every practice and every game, is getting the cold world pool with a bucket full of ice and just mm-hmm. sitting there for thirty minutes, you know, and turn it on, and that so I can keep my legs, and, and it helps some, but you still lose them.
3: Sure. Did that take you a while into your career to like know to do that and say like I actually have to take care of my body and rest and recover and all this stuff, or or did you kind of know that coming out of the gate?
2: No, I didn't know it. I didn't know it at all. What I noticed is a guy that I had to go against in practice every day, okay. right? Seemed like he had more legs than me can you know move around. So I'm saying, all right, what is he doing every day where he and so what I'm seeing after practice, as soon as practice is over, he's jumping in the cold whirlpool. So my thought was, okay, soon as practice head. over with, I'm getting in there before him, right? It's all it became a competitive thing. Um, and there was uh Jake Vosco from UConn. with yeah, okay. Jake yep. so it became a competitive thing, and that's my guy. Um but also I learned, okay, this is what I need to do. And once I did it, it really started helping out.
3: Mm -hmm. I I think that's hopefully they're better about that in today's NBA. It seems like they take recovery a little more seriously, and there's multiple
2: whirlpools and things like that, and cold tubs. And oh, yeah. Now it's a thing where you just wrap your legs in this, some type of chamber. Yeah. It's chambers now. (laughs) Hyperbaric things and all type of stuff. So.
3: I think LeBron's been big for the hyperbaric market because uh, it seemed like once he started doing it, everybody else needed one of those too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, just, just talking a little bit about like sort of that rest going into the trade deadline too. Like do the, does the team do anything together over the eight, nine days off or whatever it is? Or are you kind of like free to just do your own thing?
2: You're free. You're free to do your own thing, but you're expected to be a, you know, NBA player. You want to keep yourself mm-hmm. in shape you know, but, um, you're mostly free to do your own thing, unless you kind of like those rookie guys, or mm-hmm. you know, what they want to probably see you come back in, you know, t- every team is different, but you're free and you, and you need that, you need that break. You need that, you know, um, separation a little bit to go out there and just free your mind, yeah. you know, kind of look at some film and you know, look at the ocean and, And have some memories about, you know, visuals of basketball playing through your head, you know, come back, come back ready to go. Now, a lot of times, you know, the thing is with that PT, a lot of physical therapy. So you want to sometimes, a lot of guys stay close to the the Mm -hmm. arena, get shots up and get a lot of PT and nurse themselves back, you know. Makes
0: sense.
3: Yeah. I think the mental break is probably something we don't think about as much as fans. Like it's just a lot of basketball by this point in the year between the training camp and exhibition games and, you know, you're, you're hundred, hundred games in at this point.
2: It's a lot. It's a, it, NBA is a lot. I mean, it's the greatest sport in the world, man. The greatest job you ever had, but it's a lot of basketball and it, 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 it's tough on your body. If you, you're not prepared, or, you know, you have, I had to learn to do yoga, had mm-hmm. to learn to swim, had to learn to run sand dunes all. And this is all just to try to keep your body healthy and keep sure. your body from you know your muscles and things from breaking down to prevent yourself from injuries. You know that's it's, this is outside of just outside of plan. You know you have to do all these things because it's it's pretty unnatural on the body. But you I mean it's it's what you love and it's fun to play.
3: We talked a little bit about continuity there. I I think as fans we were a little disappointed maybe that the team didn't do more at the trade deadline. But but the more I think about it, like keeping everybody under the same roof probably gives you a big leg up going into the second half of the season, especially right now. Like you and I talked about this on the phone a little bit, like teams aren't really practicing a ton right now. It's probably hard to integrate a lot of new guys into a roster at this point in the year.
2: Yeah, it is. I mean, everybody's basketball players, mm-hmm. right? And in the end of the day, everybody's basketball players, but it's all about chemistry, right? Sure. Now, if, if, if the chemistry has been off and kind of been you know in and out with chemistry you need to shake it up yeah maybe cleaning house is a good nothing thing you can do about that right um so sometimes it's good to clean house also it's good to clean house because now the whoever the leader of that team is now has to say oh i got new guys mm-hmm. now i i have to get myself you know kind of do a do a revamp of myself. Now I got to get these new guys involved. So which makes me now become more of a leader too again. Like I have, um, so.
0: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done at Granger. We're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, click or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
2: Oh, but if not one or two guys switch out, you know, it's not going to really change anything. You might, um, because like you said, it's not a lot, a lot of practice going on right now. And then when you try to get another guy involved, most of the time, that's going you got to take that time to get that guy integrated. Um. Also, the shoot-arounds are now more about just getting him understand the plays. And you just, hey, we do this, we run this, we run this, let's go. Right? So, it's, that middle of the season, you kind of just got to – if you're a guy getting traded to another team, you're just getting thrown in the fire. Yeah, just learning luckily. on the fly with everybody. Yeah, you're going on the fly, but you're you're an NBA player. You're used to it. You know how to play ball. And at the end of the day, they, the team's got to say, hey, he knows how to play basketball. Right,
3: We always hear like, oh, well, most of the league runs, you know, 80% the same stuff anyway. Maybe just the terminology is different. Is that really true? Like where most of these teams are doing almost the same kind of thing? It's a
2: copycat league. <laughs> yep. It's a copycat league. Yeah. Well, every team runs. So back in my day, every team started running with the New Jersey Nets ran because they <laughs> were so fast. See? Sure. Right. Um, so now everybody just running Gold State. Every, right. you're basically watching the million golden states out there but it's just it's just that now golden state has been ahead of that game so much and they have such great players they perfect
3: They have the perfect people to to play that way right
2: right but now you know it's the it's saying okay this works for whoever wins the 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 championship that year that's every team is dissecting that running what that is what they're running
3: so the new player the Wizards added at the trade deadline was Kendrick Nunn. They got him from the Lakers. So for for Kendrick, I guess he's got shoot-arounds and things like that and some walkthroughs to kind of say, hey, you do this, we do this. But the actual playbook shouldn't look too different from him then, right? It's just, oh, you guys call this this thing. Uh, we used to call it this thing. Or, or I, I don't know. I guess what's the learning curve like for him specifically?
2: So the playbook is different every coach has, has have a different playbook mm-hmm. most things are the same with drag screen somewhere sure. you know slip picking you know a, a triangle over here it'll ball. look familiar to him at least right yeah it's just all different little wrinkles in that okay so instead of you the last team i was with ran this wrinkle in, in that well mm-hmm. this team we do this instead say kind of the same motion offense mm-hmm. right because everything is a motion offense more or less but in it in the end of the day, when you have superstars on the team, it's an ISO, it's a ISO office anyway. So most of the office is ISO, right? You don't, no, no office really ran completely. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, um, so you kind of get used to it. I mean, it's, you, you're right. Like I said, it's just different wrinkles, different little pieces in there. Is that
3: like just coach's preference, like what he likes to run those wrinkles, or is it catered to like the specific personnel on the team? Like maybe Brad likes to go this way, so we run we run this play
2: with this person. Everything. I'll, if I'm a new coach coming in, I'm going to see Brad and Kuzma say, "Hey, this is what I like to do. What do you all like to do within this?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, we want to we want to screen down, cut across, cut a, you know UCLA cut." Yep. They were like, no, how about I like to do this? So now we change that, mm-hmm. right? Because you got to – no player wants to run an offense that they're not comfortable with, sure. right? Or if I'm getting 30 and this offense takes me down to 19, I'm going to be upset as a player, <laughs> right? right? Yep. So I got – so I have a run an of offense to at least make my players better or keep them efficient like they were, mm-hmm. but also get my other players involved, right? But I think mostly it's the defensive scheme. The, the really good teams in the NBA are very solid defensive players, right? And they get it, they move their ball, right? Like they don't, or they will, the better teams more run like a motion to the point to where they don't, want, don't even want you to set up.
3: Okay. Uh, to your point about defense, the Wizards are first in offensive rating in the NBA over the last two weeks, uh, but they're 28th in defensive rating over that same stretch. And they've been four and four in that time. So it's like, yeah, your offense has been terrific, but if you don't guard anybody, uh, you know, you're not you're not going to get very far. You're a 500 team essentially, right? Like it, it averages out to be to put you in the middle of the pack somewhere.
2: Yeah, and that's 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 has been the biggest problem this year and yeah. in, in the past years. Just we haven't been a very strong defensive team, right? And that's and that's really where we're lacking. You know, mm-hmm. we can get we can score with other teams. We have scores. We can shoot. We can. Have, we can rebound. Um, defensively wise, we just don't protect that basket. Like it's once you once the guy if they beat that perimeter, they get into the basket.
3: It, they've been a little better with that this season when they decided to switch to put Porzingis and Daniel Gafford together and have the two bigs in there, and, and that's that's kept teams out of the paint uh, for the most part. But now it seems like teams are starting to figure that out a little bit more. And how to attack that. Now it's two bigs to get into ball screens. And, and you know, so there's pros and cons, but I, you can talk <laughs> about this. Like NBA teams, if they can see you do something long enough, they're going to figure
2: out how to beat it. That makes – that it's, it's pros and cons. And that protects the basket. But now if I can pull those bigs out, yeah, those bigs got to go out one through five. Mm-hmm. Right? Like now we say, oh, these bigs guarding going one through five. Okay. Perfect. Right. Let's start looking at chops, Right. Because
3: it's two drop coverage bigs now on the court hey, at the same right, time. Like,
2: right. Two drop coverage bigs, and they have to move. They have to move, and you know, now you have to now now NBA basketball switch everything. Yeah. Right. Or, or like you say, they got to drop on big on the pick and roll. Now it, it's a three point league now. Yeah. It's, can't do drop coverage, Right. Mm-hmm. So. So, yeah, I'm sure it worked at first when everybody was driving in. But now, you know, these guys got to switch everything, and go out one through five. It can be too slow. I
3: said going into the year, I didn't want to see the two of them play much together because I figured that's just two guys to get hunted on every possession. Yeah. And but then it worked. And then, you know, everybody took the victory lap about it for a while. Like, oh, well, see, like, but you give other NBA coaches enough time to watch film on anything. Screen. Screen. Yeah. Just
2: if, every I, got, if I got a little guy. Screen with the big guy. Now, oh, now I got exactly what I want. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: Right. Uh, The
3: one thing, I mean, just based on that, like everything is about creating some advantage, right? Or creating a mismatch somewhere. For me, on the Wizards end of this, I've always wondered why. Uh, So I thought when they brought Kuzma in and they brought Brad in together, there would be more of an effort to run them in pick and roll together. They almost never do that. Like, especially when Kuzma has another bigger player on him. Like he's probably one of the better ball handling guys in the league at six nine or six ten. To me, you've got two guys that could take advantage of that screen, but they almost exclusively run Brad and Porzingis together in pick and roll, like a traditional guard big. I'm thinking Kuzma would give you that flexibility where now you have to guard both guys uh and you could kind of make a team pay for that. But yeah, they never but do then, it.
2: You're gonna you're gonna put your two best players on, Brad and Kuzma. Right. So, right, so he's getting somebody tough no matter what. Yeah, right? yeah. You're just getting another tough defender. Right. Okay. But if, I'm, if I'm screening with picker up picking and screen and rolling with um with Porzingis guy, I'm having a, a, a slower defender back mm. on me. Right. So, I mean, I get what you're saying, but you never really screen with the, the next best player on your team. That's that makes sense. you, you right back in the same situation, mostly. I was thinking
3: almost exclusively if a team puts like a slow, a bigger, slower player on Kuzma. Like it depends on certain teams guard him with a, like a, a guard almost, and then some teams put their power forward on him. And I'm like, that to me, like that seems like it would work. Where you could get Brad with a six nine guy now. Like, but I don't know. I guess yeah. every team basically plays a wing at the four anyway, so
2: does it really help? But Kuzma is a big body, so you are saying okay, it's two ways to be able to try to try to stop him. Either with a faster guy yep. or the more physical guy, mm-hmm. right? And so, t- some teams try one, some teams try the other, yeah. right? So if I know, you know, I have a faster guy on me, do I want a more physical guy? Yep. You know, the screen with, to switch with, no, man. Nice. I really go, I take my chance with one of the bigs, you know.
3: Yeah, no, that that's that's a really good point. Uh, just just sort of talking about like this team and how they improve it longer term, like even if you decide um, that this is the core you want to build around and Kuzma and Porzingis both want to be back, because we'd heard some reporting earlier in the year that maybe Kuzma wants to go to a bigger market. I'm not sure I totally buy that because he's got a pretty good setup here, I would think. And we're probably, since we didn't trade him, I think we're probably willing to like pay him as much as anybody else to match an offer. So I I seem to think he'll be back, but you have to build the right team around them then, right? And get guys that fit and complement their skill sets, but DC hasn't been like a particularly big free agent destination. Like fans always wonder, like, why, why is that? Like, why can this place not be more attractive to players in free agency? I, I'm wondering if you've heard that from other players over the course of your career, or if you have any insight into why, like, we don't seem to be a more popular place for people to
2: want to come play. Well, I know we're a place for people who want to play here, right? To, uh, to like, get or... actual minutes and stuff. No, no. So, so other teams, right? Okay, yeah. when you visit DC, you mm-hmm. you want to be here, right? Mm-hmm. You it's a it's a good destination to come, play and then leave, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just a great city, sure. you know. It's a it's a boutique New York, you know, okay, like and boutique New York. So those people love to visit. Teams love to visit.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I don't know why there's the traction isn't there like it should be, you know, and I wish I did have that answer, but you know, um, it's, uh, it's, it, and it's, to me, it should be a bigger market. It should be one of the top markets because the city's big enough it has mm-hmm. enough media, you know, it's a big media market, especially for, you know, politics and news and, you know, everything is it's nation's capital, everything's directed here. Mm-hmm. So it should be, um, but, you know, it's always those other cities with the, the more bright lights, you know, it's the city with the bright lights that they they love to play in more, you know, like the Miami, warm weather. I think, I think D.C., the weather is what's really kind of hurting it. It's not New York, mm-hmm. right? So now it's the weather, right? Anything outside of New York, you want it, you'd rather go to the West Coast or down South. I always wonder if, like, taxes and stuff play into this. I would assume we're
3: probably pretty heavily taxed compared to playing, in, like, somewhere in, in Texas, maybe. Texas,
2: Florida. Yeah, Florida, right. Yeah, yeah, Texas,
3: Florida. When so, when you're making a lot of money, a big chunk of your percentage going to taxes, it, it, you know, you feel that dent a little bit, I would think.
2: Well, well when you get taxes and palm, no taxes and palm trees. <laughs> right. you know, it's, it's, a, it's tough, but, yep. you know, only so many players. If you ask any player, what's your favorite cities to, to play in? Right. Mm-hmm. When you go on the road, when you're leaving, you know, you're not playing at home. What's your favorite city you're playing? they say, first thing they'll say is LA. Sure. They say Miami. Right. They actually say Toronto a lot. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. Right. Toronto. Um And outside of that, you may get Houston. Sure. And it's D.C. Mm-hmm. Right. So I don't, uh, New York, New York. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, you know, I It's it's always the same. It's only so many teams, so so many markets, right? So I think we just, with the Eastern Conference, it's kind of tough in the zone because, uh, you know, all those conferences, all those teams are mostly just cold places, you know, Mm -hmm. it's seasonal, you know. So players really, you know, don't, oh, they love like Phoenix. They love Arizona, Phoenix, right? So most players just want to play in warm climates. It's like 45 degrees and
3: raining here right now, so I kind of don't blame them at the at this exact moment. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, just talking about kind of building out this team to make a playoff run here. Uh, I guess there was some reporting. Woj came out and said that one of the teams that could potentially be a destination for Russell Westbrook if he gets bought out is the Wizards, like to a reunion with Washington. I personally do not like that move. Um, I, I I think that. Uh, One, the last time he was here, he tried to convince Brad to leave, which seems like something that the organization wouldn't want to reinvest in. But just from a basketball standpoint, this is a team that, like I said, is is humming offensively right now. They've not been very good defensively. Westbrook's not been a very good defensive player at this point in his career. I just I don't really know what that helps like when this team shoots well and it defends a little bit. They've been pretty tough to beat. And and I think those are two areas where he probably doesn't help you. And it's not a, a knock on him as a player. It's just, to me, as the fit, I, I don't see what that does for us. It also maybe takes shots away from guys like Kuzma and Porzingis, who you're trying to convince to come back here. I, that Does that help you, I guess?
2: Where do you put him and what does it add?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You see what I'm saying? Like- yeah. He has a strong personality, you know, alpha personality, right? No matter who it is in the locker room, he's going to say his piece. He's going, he's going to do rest work, which is, yeah. and so he, it has to be a perfect fitting team. It had that, yeah. the situation has to fit around Westbrook, right? Mm-hmm. Which, if you got a lot of young guys, a team with a lot of young guys that can be molded,
1: yeah, it's right? great for
2: that. Yeah, I think it's great for that. His personality is the the way he plays 110% every night. Yeah. Um that that dog in him, you know, that's great for a young team. When you mm-hmm. got guys that have been in the league for a while, yep. you know you wanna have chemistry. You wanna make sure like those guys can gel together. Mm-hmm. Um and he, he has a strong personality. So it's tough, sometimes it's tough with vet, you know, some alphas to get, you know, start. And if two alphas don't—if you got two alphas on the team and they don't work well together—yeah, you're gonna struggle. It's your entire team is—it will struggle. If you have two alphas on the team and they—they they work well together, like 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 Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce, right? Yeah. Two alphas that work real well together, and now everything everything gets kind of flowed throughout the team. Now all those fibers get intertwined with every player. Yeah. They right. set the
3: tone for the whole group, one tone.
2: Set, set the tone right away. Um, we we kind of seen, we, we already seen that experiment already. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. It, it was a good idea. You know, sometimes it just, you know, uh, I felt like maybe one of the alpha, you know, maybe Brad took a back seat when I think he should have took the took the leading role in that situation. But, you know, certain personalities are just strong. It worked from the sense where the young guys all seemed to really respond
3: to to Russ here the first time, but you didn't have a Porzingis. You didn't have a Kuzma. You didn't have these other two guys that are now kind of higher up the pecking order to also share that with. It was just Russ, Brad, and everybody else. And now we've already heard, like part of the reporting was that that Russ is going to evaluate somewhere where he can get the ideal role that he wants at this point in his career. And we already heard he didn't like coming off the bench that much in LA. Uh, He wanted to close games. So like, I'm assuming the role he's looking for is not to come here and be the fourth option.
2: Right. So, yeah. And I don't think, I I think when you got Kuzma and, and Brad, you just Russell will have to be the third option just bottom line right and he it it has to be a situation where he's willing to accept that if not it may not be a good situation um I think he needs to go to a team where he can transition from being a a, a good vet Mm -hmm. you know you know I don't know how much longer he has on it you know how many years he got left so right now it's it's a good vet to a good uh, motivator you know, and, and he can give that. He can give that.
3: When when I've asked certain fans, like, what would he bring to this team? They, they've all kind of responded with leadership. I guess, how many leaders does a team really need on it at a certain point? Like, I think Brad has been more of the lead by example type for the most part. Similarly, Porzingis is, is kind of quiet, supposedly, but will help people if they ask. Kuzma supposedly the one that kind of takes young guys under his wing and is is working on, you know, Denny Avdia and him play one-on-one after practice every day to work on stuff. And you've got your Taj Gibsons, your Anthony Gills that are supposed to be there to be vet presences. Like, how much more does a team kind of
2: need, I guess, at, at that point? I think every team need two different, two different types of leaders, right? Okay. And every team need both. You need that one guy who leads by example and pushing and very vocal and willing to kind of ruffle your feathers if mm-hmm. they have to to shake everything up with the sure. team to, to get where these go and then you need that general mm-hmm. that that floor general type of leader where it knows everybody needs to go talks to everybody and notice when something you know that pat on the back so you need both right mm-hmm. and so you need the dominant. it's almost a good cop bad cop type of thing I got right but both both serve the purpose and both really understand their role and understand why why one needs to that role and why the other team another you know we need the other role too so um i think you need both usually the the, the general is the point guard right makes sense and yeah, like the chris paul right? so, type of guy you know right exactly and then it's a then you need just the one like uh the other leader like a lebron type Okay. right or like uh let me see another example like a jimmy butler
3: kind of guy like a jimmy
2: butler type yeah. exactly right right so okay. i think you need both um, now and sometimes it's, it's sometimes you get them in one person which to me doesn't work okay so like to me it does work but it, it depends on the situation okay like to me chris paul you kind of got it in one person mm mm-hmm. What, if you do have it in one person, like a Chris Paul type, then you need younger players. Gotcha. Like in Phoenix, that's worked very well. Cause now- yeah, They'll follow his lead. They'll the follow team. his lead both ways, right? He can, yeah. he can, he can get on you. And then also he can be a floor general at the same time cause mm. they're young players. But <laughs> like in this other situation, like the Clippers, it didn't work well. Like everybody's like, let me get away from this dude. Too too many vets. yeah. Too right. many vets, right? Yeah. So it's, it, it all depends, right? Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, that that's a, a great point. Um, I, I can't remember. Di- did you overlap with Jerry Stackhouse in Washington Jerry yeah. all- mm-hmm. my. Guy. So how was the like we heard as fans that there was maybe um Jerry and MJ weren't always on the same page. And we talked a little bit about you have two clashing personalities potentially or two alphas. Can you talk a little bit about that dynamic for a minute?
2: Yeah Jerry got a Jerry has a very strong personality, yeah. you know, which is which is why he's very what he's successful with his players like is it's, yep. it's it's the perfect pers- personality to be a good coach right yep. um MJ personality is not like Jerry's it's not as aggressive as Jerry's okay um but he, he don't have to be right i mean he's, he's MJ by that point right he's right. MJ yep. so i don't to me when Jerry out me and me and Jerry got, got along good. We still get along and talk to his day. It's my guy, my guy. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he, he just wasn't happy. You just tell he his happiest time wasn't with the wizard. You can just tell, right? Um, you can tell during practice, you can tell by his uh, his demeanor in the locker room. Um he didn't really try to ruffle a lot of feathers, just you know, a guy where he just decides to stay to himself, other than I think outside of myself, he really didn't talk to other players like that, you know? Yeah. And you just tell he was upset he wanted to get out of there.
3: Yeah, that that's how it came across as fans. But you never really know what guys are like, you know, behind closed doors and stuff like that. But
2: that that, that seems to kind of mesh with what we all heard, at least. Yeah, because if a fan say the wrong thing to Jerry, you got to calm him <laughs> <them> down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You know, you got you got a head trigger.
3: I asked Larry one time uh, who like the person he'd least want to like fight with in the whole league was, and he said Jerry Stackhouse. Like that's J- Jerry was like not a guy you wanted to f with.
2: No, nah, Jerry was a,
3: he had a um, very serious demeanor. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I I mean he I think he's a very good coach, and I think what Vanderbilt runs offensively is really impressive. It's just that's a tough situation for a coach to win. If they ever move on from him at that school, that's a guy I would love to see end up on, like, the Wizards coaching staff or something like that. I, I think he'd be a
2: huge uh, addition to, to – I'm surprised country. he didn't, you know, because he did a really good job, job in the G League, you know. Yeah, yeah
3: with um, the Raptors
2: 905. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he has – like you said, Jerry has a dominant personality, and you're not going to change it for anyone. So I think college really, really fits him. Mm-hmm. And he has a lot to give those young boys. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, it, it thing about the league is, you know, once you come in here, everybody's on their own. You know, mm-hmm. everybody grown man. Somebody take you on your wing and kind of teach you how the ropes go, and hopefully teach you how to, you know, make sure you don't lose your money and you bank all those type of things. <laughs> yeah, sure. you no know, bank account. You know, how to out. be an adult. But in the end of the day, it's on you. Yeah. When you're in college, you're more right now. You grooming young men to be men. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a perfect situation with Jerry because that's that's what he loves to do, you know. That's and that that's what he does. And look at Vanderbilt now this year; they're making a run. Yeah, man, they're looking
3: good. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I I think he's been an underrated coach from that perspective, though. I did hear. That uh, that Jerry's not taking any nonsense on Twitter. If anybody criticizes them, he instantly blocks everybody, which I actually kind of respect. You got to tune out the noise at a certain would, point. Would you would, wouldn't you expect less? Would you expect? I, I, that's exactly I, what you expect. I, I don't blame I don't blame him one bit. I get enough craziness right. just from our our little show and commentary like that. So uh I, I can only imagine. Uh Last thing I want to ask you about, real quick, before we get out of here, on the thirtieth of January, the Wizards beat San Antonio for the first time in uh in san antonio in 22 games the last time the wizards beat the spurs in san antonio was on december 11th 1999 while you were still on the team how crazy is that that they have not won on the road there in 20 almost 25
2: years that that is crazy i I saw that too i was surprised about that and uh the crazy thing is um When I saw the article, it was one article had Brad in there, Mm -hmm. a picture of Brad. Another article, in the in the next picture in that same article is a picture of me, Mm -hmm. right? And you know, we both
3: saw you guys sitting on the bench there,
2: yeah, we both from St. Louis, yeah. So you know, which is cool, but you know, I guess what what do you do? You just got to get it off the pops. I think Mm -hmm. pops got to he take it personal when he come to Washington. Yeah, what, what, what do we do to him, man? Like, there's got to uh, be something. We did there. something, man. He take he take it personal when he come to Washington. You know, he got a lot of pop. Got a lot of views. Yeah, I got you. You know, he got a lot of views on things, and uh, they all think all roads lead to Washington with his views, and so he he's gonna make a statement when he comes here.
3: I looked up the box score from that game, and Mitch Richmond had like 30 points. I, I wondered if Mitch was like talking crazy to Pop or something. and He decided
2: like we will never lose
3: to Washington ever again after that.
2: I think that's uh, what's that? Bruce, Bruce born at the time. Bruce. Yeah. yeah. I, I think Mitch took it personally with Bruce because Bruce, you when you know, when Bruce comes, he supposed to be the best defender in the league yeah. at the time. Right. So you, you coming into the game, knowing I got to face the best defender in the league. So I got to bring out everything and 130%. Right. <laughs> so I think at that time, it just uh, it's a motivation, and motivation.
3: Yeah. That's cool. Uh, all right. I think that's about all I got for you here today. There's a ton of other larger team building stuff we could get into. But uh, to your point, I think it's probably good to save that, you know, uh, our next show after the All-Star break. We can talk a little bit more stuff. Any other points you want to touch on or anything uh, else here before we close it
2: out? No, nah, man, I'm sure we got a lot of goodies to finish giving away for the rest of the season. We can't give everything on in one show, right? That's you exactly know? right. We got better. It's going to get better and better, right?
3: We got to tease that for uh, for future episodes. If you guys have questions and stuff, uh, forward them my way. I'll make sure we get some things on the show here. We want to be able to pick your brain and and let fans get kind of that direct access to to player insight. So we'll uh, we'll make sure to mix a few of those more in uh, as we go here too. Uh, Jahani, this is great, man. I'm excited to have episode one in the books, and uh, you know we'll we'll keep them coming.
2: All right, Matt, my man. Good um, see.
3: Sounds good. Everybody, rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. We were presented by betonline.ag, and we will check you next time.